old habits, new habits. Well, we're uh, getting closer to Groundhog Day, so every one of us I know will want to grab uh, a video of that, uh, that great movie by Bill Murray. Hopefully we'll be uh, mindful of the fact that there uh, are old habits that we need to break, some old habits that we need to, to sort of enhance, and some new ones we need to take on, uh, that we're not going to be at all satisfied with the uh, same old, same old. Uh, in, in our lives, but that we're going to uh, be resolute in uh, offering ourselves to the Lord and in offering ourselves to the Lord, draw closer to Him. I have uh, really enjoyed uh, this sermon series. Uh, for me personally, it's been a time to, uh, to really dig in, to refocus, uh, to, uh, to really put things of first order uh, as a matter of first order in my life. Uh, it's been good to have been uh, encouraged, uh, if not challenged, about some uh, very uh, basic things that are critical to, uh, to the health of my relationship with God. And the same things are true uh, for your, your life, uh, things that are critical to the spiritual health of, uh, of your, uh, your, your life in Christ. Since the beginning of the year, we have been uh, considering what are called classic spiritual disciplines. Uh, to date, we've talked about prayer, Bible study, and worship. I've not only uh, had those things on my mind, but I have been uh, uh, resolving, if you will, to, to make them more a part of, uh, of my life, to, to live them out. Uh, and, and I'll have to admit that I have drawn closer to God in that exercise. He's clearly been much more on heart and mind. So I'll ask you how you've been doing in regard to those classic spiritual disciplines, those, uh, those habits that, that form um, the, the, the center of, of leading us to the place where we are uh, very much knowing God in a, more, uh, in a deeper way. Those things of prayer, Bible study, and worship, there's no doubt that a regular practice of, of these things will put us in that closer relationship with God. They are the sort of practices that uh, we need to develop as holy habits that uh, bring us to the place of, of, of enjoying the very presence of God for our lives. Today we consider yet another spiritual discipline. It is a bit different than the others but no less something that has the grand potential to strengthen our relationship with the Lord. Let me ask you this question. Who of us hasn't uh, reached out to serve in the name of our God only to pull away thinking this, the blessing that uh, I received was so much more than the blessing I gave. We, re, we, we talk about today the, the, the discipline of service. When we offer ourselves in service, as we engage with those with whom we serve, we begin to, to know and understand, if not experience, uh, the very presence of Christ. We see Christ in the faces of those with whom we serve. The old adage rings true. The expression deepens the experience. The expression deepens the experience. 
the expression of our faith, particularly in service, deepens our experience of God. How interesting. Things like prayer, Bible study, and worship are those classical uh, spiritual disciplines that that put us at the very uh, uh, throne of of God. We we find ourselves uh, before him, and we we hear from him, and he is able to do with us things that uh, we never dreamt of. We we come before him in these uh, these things, such as prayer and Bible study and, and worship. These are essentially acts of piety that draw us closer to God. Times of service uh, are also these, uh, these important acts, but, but not so much acts of piety, but they're acts of mercy. And they, too, draw us closer to God. The disciplines uh, uh, that we, uh, we need to enact in our lives include uh, not just us coming before the Lord, but us uh, extending ourselves beyond ourselves in order to engage others, to where, as we engage those other people, we also grow, grow, grow close to God. Well, the disciples needed to learn that about service. They, they needed to learn that as they served, they would, would in fact know God more deeply. I figure that we need to to learn the very same thing. We not only need to to learn learn that, we need to experience that. So the expression of our faith allows us to experience more deeply. Let's turn then to the Scripture. Let's hear what uh, Jesus has to say about such things, as uh, particularly in regard to service. Today we read from uh, the Gospel of Mark, the the 10th chapter, verses 35 through 45. So let's, again, hear this from God's Word. Mark 10, 35 through 45. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? And they answered, we can. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism uh, with which I am baptized. But to sit at my right or left is not for me, me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so this is the word of God. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us all.
In, in talking today about service, we, we do so against the backdrop of the misguided ambition of James and John. We might also include in that mix uh, the disciples. And while we're at it, let's go ahead and include ourselves when it comes to misguided ambition regarding James and John. They wanted Jesus to elevate them to a place of honor as if being one of the 12 disciples was not honor enough. James and John wanted Jesus to seat them, one at his right and the other uh, at his left. Those two spots were considered to be places of honor back in the day, and I suppose to some degree they are today. Some people really get into that sort of thing. You know, Cheryl and I just recently have been uh, watching on Netflix The Crown. The Crown uh, shares sort of a, a, a drama about the royal family in, in Britain. It's a little bit slow for our taste, but we're making it through a little bit here and there. All the pomp, all the circumstance, all the protocol surrounding the royal family just makes my head swim. You know, I'm just not wired that way. The attention paid to such things as pomp, circumstance, and protocol, at least in the instance of the royal family, seems to be more important than the people themselves, notwithstanding the people they're serving. James and John were all about such things. They, they wanted to be noticed. They wanted to be in a place of power and prestige, and they valued the 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 position and the prestige that came along with all that stuff. James and John came by that sort of thing honestly. They were the sons of Zebedee, after all. Unlike Peter and Andrew, their, their fishing operation was, was really a big deal. They, they even had servants that tended to a lot of the work. Today, they would have probably been known as the Zebedee Fishing Company, LLC. They they may have even been, been listed on the New York Stock Exchange. They, they were a big deal. Matthew tells the story that we read today a little bit differently. You can read about that in Matthew 20, 20 through 28. It is, um, it, it is not James and John who asked Jesus about sitting at the right and left, but it's uh, James and John's mother that does that. Mothers have a way of promoting their children. Uh, who of us as parents uh, haven't been guilty of doing the, the very same thing with our own children? Regardless, as we mentioned just a moment ago, what we're dealing with here is a case of, of uh, misguided ambition. Now, ambition is not a bad thing. If, if we don't have ambition, then we'll never really make much of an impact on, on this life. Far too many suffer from a lack of ambition, and they just sort of drift through life. Others are cursed with blind ambition. They'll do anything to get to where they think they are going, regardless of who gets in the way. They're cursed with blind ambition. For James and John, again, theirs was misguided ambition. They were simply pointed in the wrong direction, and Jesus wanted to call them on it. Hear what uh, the great theologian William Barclay writes. He says that James and John show themselves as men 
in whose hearts there was ambition for first place in an earthly kingdom. Not a heavenly kingdom, but an earthly kingdom. Christ's kingdom was uh, not of this world. And he wanted to make sure that James and John knew that. Jesus turned the notion of power, position, and prestige upside down. In his kingdom, there would be no jockeying for position. Everyone was to offer themselves in loving service to one another. This was their primary goal, offering themselves to God and then offering themselves to one another in love. You know the expression, jockeying for position? Jockeys do that all the time, particularly at the beginning of, the race, of a race in the Kentucky Derby where so many horses are breaking from the gate at the same time. There's a lot of jockeying for position. And jockeys become quite adept at doing that, notwithstanding the fact that we do as well. While jockeying for position is at play in other realms, many of which we move and, and do our thing. Not so with Christ. Christ's kingdom is, is different. Christ's kingdom is more a matter of everyone attaining to the same goal of humble service to one another. Just this week, a new administration was uh, sworn in in Washington. We know that took place on, on Wednesday. A, a new Congress is forming. Everyone is jockeying for the, the right committee assignment or some post within the, the, the administration. There, there are a lot of winners and losers. Jesus counts all of that with uh, the notion that whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And think it, think of it. Jesus does not ask us to do anything that he's not willing to do first. When it comes to humble service, he is our shining example. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is Christ's way, and it is to be our way as well, not to be served, but to serve. If you want to be great, learn to serve. If you want to be great, learn to serve. I am encountering more and more people who are wanting to serve. They are willing even to, to walk away from what they are doing and entertain what God wants them to do. There's just something gnawing at them. They are unsettled with the, the status quo, and they strive for more. They're, they're beginning to sense a, a call of God upon their lives. They, they don't know how that's exactly defined, but there's this, this, this deep desire to serve. And they are asking the question, how can I add value to what's going on around me? And I encourage them to stay patient continue to stay attuned to the, to the call, uh, to, to let God define that in them and, and let God open that right door at just the right time. And if it's not walking away from what they're doing, 
then it's rethinking how they can go about what they're doing in the first place to reorient how what they're doing might be an act of service in the mix of, um, of their everyday life. Robert Greenleaf died in 1990. On his tombstone is written this, potentially a good plumber ruined by a sophisticated education. Potentially a good plumber ruined by a sophisticated education. Now, let's, let's unpack that just a, a little bit and see what uh, Greenleaf was really trying to say about his life. He is considered by many to be a pioneer in rethinking what it means to be a leader. He was the man who coined the phrase servant leadership. You've heard that before, what it means to be a servant leader, servant leadership. His whole concept was that whatever you're called to do, and yes, that, uh, that, that notion of call really is important. Whatever you're called to do, do it to the best of your ability. And I might ask, do it to the best of your ability with what God has given you. Well, Greenleaf was all about the notion that servants are those who refuse to use people to get work done, but use work to help people grow whole concept of servant leadership. Hear this. You can serve anywhere God calls you. Anywhere God calls you to be a servant. If you're called to be a plumber, then plumb to the glory of God, or however that translates to your life. People will see your servant's heart, and God's kingdom will be furthered, and God will gain all the praise and glory for your servant leadership. And so if Greenleaf was the, the man who first coined the phrase servant leadership, we can be well assured that Jesus was the first to truly live that out. Jesus was the epitome of what it, what it means to be a servant leader. Jesus was a, a, a servant leader, and he calls each and every one of us to be one as well. So then let's commit to serve by getting out of the way and letting God do his thing. Let's commit to serve by seeking to meet the needs of others, even at the expense of our own needs. Let's commit to serve by no longer caring who gets recognized. And above all things, let's commit to serve by pleasing Christ and Christ alone. These are good habits to develop. And if developed as habits, then they will certainly lead us to living life in wholly different ways. You may have heard it said, we are saved to serve. Let me repeat that again. We are saved to serve. That was the case for, for, for James and John. That was the, the, the case for the rest of the disciples. And that is the way that it is, it is for you and me. We are saved to serve. So then, how, you, how will you serve? There are all sorts of ways that you can, uh, can do that here. We, we are always in need of people that will, will greet folk as they uh, come to, 
to, to worship on, on Sunday mornings. We're always in need of uh, people who can help us to, to make good on the, the worship services, whether that be to help with the sound or the slides or helping to set up or to tear down. We're always in need of people to serve in, in that way. We, we're always in need of people to, to help uh, in, in supporting our, our ministry uh, with children and youth. We can always use people who feel that leading and call to, uh, to have a group around them for discipleship, a small group. Later on in this year, all of us will be uh, challenged and hopefully inspired to roll up our sleeves and, and get involved with our Love Local initiative. We, we hope to engage in, in any number of missions throughout this year to engage in, in, in service, to be able to exercise our leadership as servants. We'll hear more about that later. So those are just a, a few ways to, to serve uh, in and around the church. There are many, many more, of course. I'd love to, to talk with you about any of those. Beyond that, the possibilities are limitless when you consider the broader community that is around us. And then when you consider the world that stretches out before us, the possibilities for servant leadership are limitless. All of us need to be thinking about our out. Hear that? All of us need to be thinking about our out, how we can be engaged in and out. You know, we've talked on a number of occasions here over the last couple of years about living a balanced life of up, in, and out of up, uh, being well-connected to God, of in, being well-connected with one another, and out, being well-connected to the community as a servant. And we need to uh, keep each of those in balance, up, in, and out. And as we do, we will find ourselves living a, a balanced life. We'll find ourselves living the sort of life that God would, would have us to live. So often for Christian folk, church folk, maybe I should say, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's up and in that really gets the intention and we tend to, to, to forget or, or push out to another time. Up, in, and out. I have to confess, the other day I needed to go by uh, Home Depot to get something, and on my way I just happened to stop in at Chick-fil-A you know, their dining room is closed. I made my way through the drive drive through and it's in just record-breaking time. Uh, that uh, always is the way it is at, uh, at Chick-fil-A, even though there is a, a long, long line. I, I ate my lunch in the, the parking lot just next door at the Home Depot. And there I was, right in the middle of my lunch, when I noticed a lady trying to get a wheelbarrow that she had just purchased into the back of her car. And I got to tell you, she was really struggling. And much to my shame, I just stayed in the car. And so I just rationalized it this way. Well, surely she wouldn't want me to get out of the car and help her, all on account of the, of the pandemic. And I was really trying to finish my lunch. You know what I mean? I told you I needed to confess. And there I was with a front row seat to a service opportunity that I let slip by. I was neither to the left or the right of Jesus but somewhere lost in the middle of those who refuse to act when it comes to seizing an opportunity to serve. Have you ever been there? Right in the middle? And you've uh, 
You've let it just pass by, that opportunity to serve. Well, I've got, I've got to tell you that I've done a lot of uh, soul-searching since, and I've decided that I will not let the next opportunity pass. In fact, I acted on an opportunity that, that came along just a few minutes after that in the very same parking lot. That's just the way service is. That's always uh, the way it is. God is always putting those opportunities before us. So let me encourage you to do this, to seize the opportunities that are all around you to serve. That you not be at all concerned. Let me really challenge you about this. That you're not at all concerned of whether you're at the left or the right of Jesus, whether you're going to be, uh, be, be, be sort of recognized for the very thing that you're doing. But that you, you just resist being there right in the middle of the malaise seeing all the opportunities around you, but you, you just don't act. Let me encourage you to seize the opportunities that are all around you to serve. This is Christ's way for us. And it comes to each of us to make good on that way for our lives. And in that, we will find ourselves living the sort of lives that uh, God has, has designed for us to, to live. As we serve, we will find ourselves drawing closer to him. And as we've drawn closer to him, we'll want to serve all the more. It's just the way it is when we develop the habit of service. Let's pray together. God, thank you Thank you for uh, being with us today. Thank you for uh, speaking into our lives. Lord, we pray that we hear from you very clearly. First, we, we pray that you form in us a, a deep sense of call. Lord, we pray also that you keep our eyes and ears open and alert to the needs that are around us. We pray, Lord, that in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would move us to... Uh, not just sit on the sidelines, but that we would move to the very center of where you would have us to be, serving in your name to the end that you would gain all the praise and glory. Thanks, God. Thanks for, uh, for blessing us in the ways that you do. We're thankful for every opportunity to pray, every opportunity to hear from you through Scripture, every opportunity to worship. And God, uh, we do thank you for every opportunity that is ours to know you more fully through service. This prayer we make in the name of Christ. Amen. Stand if you will. Let's lift our voices to the Lord.